What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John, and this week we are back with episode 85, where we will be analyzing and predicting this weekend's upcoming UFC card, headlined by Alistair Overeem versus Shirezino Rosenstruik. This 12-fight card will take place in Washington, D.C., with the first three fights taking place on ESPN Plus at 5.30 p.m., with the next four fights taking place on ESPN, the TV channel, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And finally, the five-fight main card will air on ESPN as well at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So a bit of a weird start time to this card. And it's been a first UFC card in about two weeks. And this is also right around the two-year anniversary of the Martian MMA podcast. So I just want to give a quick shout-out to everybody who listens uh, one time or weekly. I appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you for continuing to support the podcast. And with that being said, we're going to jump right into the first fight on this card, which will be in the middleweight division. We have Trevor Smith, who is 15-9, and nine, taking on Mahmoud Muradov, who is 23-6. and six. The opening betting line for this one was Muradov, the favorite, at minus 260 to Smith at plus 200. Right now, we are seeing heavy action coming on Muradov. He is now minus 420 to Smith at plus 335. And um, I'm not totally surprised at where the initial line was set, but where it's at now is honestly pretty steep. And I think it's actually a little, um, it's way too in favor of Muradov. I think this is a definite dog or pass fight where it's at now. And I mean, I was somewhat impressed with Muradov in his UFC debut. He uh, defeated Alessio de Kirko by decision. He won rounds one and two pretty decisively, but I think he slowed down a little bit in round three, maybe even lost round three. Got hit with some pretty big punches, and uh, ADC was gaining some momentum at the end of that round. But I think Muradov came into that fight on a short notice, and he's riding a big win streak right now. He's got some decent striking. He's an orthodox striker. I I wasn't really impressed with his striking. I mean, he was kind of coming in and out a lot versus um, ADC, and he wasn't really having like a lot of success with his striking. And he looked kind of uh, kind of defensive uh, liability as well. It looked like he his chin could be touched by a, a better puncher, and uh, his rest. Wrestling, he didn't really get to show in that fight. He he really relied on his wrestling a lot in his regional fights, and he didn't really get to get his wrestling game going versus uh, Alessio De Kirko. And I don't think he's going to be really able to get it going versus uh, Trevor Smith as well, because Trevor Smith doesn't have the greatest record. He's on a bit of a losing streak, but I mean, he's a pretty solid fighter, and he's got pretty good takedown defense as well. He's fought some decent wrestlers throughout his career, 12 fights in the UFC, and he's only been taken down two times. And he stuffed some decent takedowns versus Zach Cummings last fight. Uh, he looked pretty pretty poor in that fight. I mean, the first two rounds he definitely lost, but in round three he found a way to uh, to get in top position on the ground. And Smith's got some decent boxing technique, and I mean, he he doesn't really look like a totally shot fighter. So I mean, he's a pretty well-rounded fighter with some decent boxing and good takedown defense. So I honestly think that that's good enough to compete with Murdov. I don't. I'm not gonna go ahead and pick Smith to win. The pick is still gonna be Murdov in this one, but I think it's gonna be a much closer fight than the odds indicate. And I think the people that are laying that heavy chalk on Murdov are a, a bit crazy, honestly, because I don't think he really deserves it after that one and only fight in the UFC so far. So uh, I'm going to pick this fight to be closer. I may be 29-28, uh, uh, and I'm going to go with Muradov to get that decision. The next fight takes place in the women's strawweight division. We have Verna Jandradoba, who is 14-1, taking on Mallory Martin, who is 6-2. The opening betting line for this one was Jandradoba, the favorite, at 
minus 155 to Martin, the plus 115 underdog. Since then, some heavy action coming in on the favorite, Jane Doba now minus 275 to Martin at plus 235. So I kind of understand why the action came in on uh, Jane Doba. She does seem to be the more complete mixed martial artist, definitely the better grappler of the two, and I think that that's where this fight will likely play out. But Martin's coming in on this fight short notice. She has been fighting and beating some pretty decent competition over in Invicta. And she, I think, deserves this spot in the UFC. So it's nice to see she's getting to the UFC. But they gave her a pretty stiff test, especially on short notice. But I think she'll be up for the test, honestly. I mean, it's not like Jane Jadoba is that overwhelming of a fighter. Uh, and they're both kind of similar. I mean, both of their strikings are, are pretty ugly, you know. Um, the difference between the two is I think that Martin thinks her striking is a little better than it is. You know, she tries to throw too much, and she has sloppy punching technique, and she tries to throw in combination, but she just doesn't have the footwork to do it. And Ginger Dobe, I think, kind of knows her striking isn't good, and she keeps it real basic. So I think that well, we'll see maybe Martin to try to keep this fight standing and maybe stuff the takedowns to Ginger Doba. I don't think she'll have success with that because Ginger Doba has some pretty good takedowns. She was able to take down Asparza a few times in their fight, but wasn't able to get any top control on Asparza. But Asparza's got you know a great uh, get-up game. She's got a great wrestling base, and it's a much different opponent than Mallory Martin. Martin does have a pretty good ground game, though. I think that that's where she does uh, some of her best work is from top position on the ground but it's just going to be super super hard for her to get and remain top uh, position on Jane Doba because Jane Doba is just really good off her back she's a jiu-jitsu black belt she's got really good sweeps from half guard and her butterfly guard sweeps are really good too so if she gets put on her back at any point I think that she'll use those half guard that deep half guard or that butterfly to get back up to her feet or to just reverse position on Martin and uh, maybe put Martin on her back where I don't think Martin is as good definitely not as good so it should be a close fight, honestly. I think that Martin's up for the test, and I don't think Jane Jadoba is that dominant to the point where she's, uh, you know, minus 300 now or something like that, minus 270. Uh, I think that the people who came in early on Jane Jadoba at under 2-1, to one, uh, that's a good bet. But over 2-1, to one, man, I don't think that you can be confident that... Uh, Jane Jadoba wins this fight like 70% of the time. That's just a little too high for me. I think there's some better spots in the card, and there's a little too much variability in this fight for me. So the pick is going to be Jane Jadoba to win by decision, possibly even submission, honestly. But uh, I think that Mallory Martin will honestly put up a good fight and might make this fight a little bit closer than it seems, uh, than the odds seem. So the pick is going to be Jane Jadoba by decision. The next fight is in the lightweight division. We have Matt Wyman, who is 16-8, taking on Joe Selecki, who is 8-2. The opening betting line for this one was Selecki, the favorite, at minus 180 to Wyman at plus 150. Right now, we are seeing Selecki minus 330 to Wyman at plus 270. So the more action coming in on the favorite, Selecki, uh, again, the third fight in a row where the heavy action is coming in on the favorite. And... Another warranted spot here. I mean, Selecki uh, has looked pretty impressive so far from what I've seen of him. Uh, on the Contender Series, he looked pretty slick. And, uh, I mean, Wyman is just, you know, it, it's sad to see this guy fight, honestly, because even four or five years ago, he wasn't that an elite of a fighter. And now he came back last fight versus Luis Pena. And, man, he took the, the beatdown of the year last fight i mean if you look at this guy's picture on uh topology and you look at him now i mean the guy looks totally different he, he he's just 
doesn't look physically strong anymore. He looks like he's he's uh, really aged poorly. He, he didn't his jujitsu did not. I mean, he's really jujitsu or bust, and his jujitsu didn't even look that good versus Pena. I mean, he was desperately grabbing ankles and leg locks, and he he was just getting smashed from top position. Luis Pena is not that dominant of opponent. Pena looked like a world beater versus him. It was a sustained you know. 11-minute beatdown from Pena in that fight, and Wyman just looked terrible. On the feet, he got smashed with knees in the clinch, and he got got cut and was bleed, bleeding a lot. He couldn't get off his back. He was attempting bad submissions, and it's just going to be a, a really bad fight for him versus Selecki here because Wyman's specialty is his jiu-jitsu, and I mean, he's taken on a really good jiu-jitsu fighter in Selecki. Most of Selecki's wins have come by way of submission, and uh, you know, I, I think that he does have some pretty decent striking as well. I, I'm confident that he will outstrike Wyman on the feet as well uh, as the ground when it gets there. Even though we haven't seen much footage of Selecki striking, there's kind of limited footage of him um, throughout uh, his career, only a few fights uh, on the internet. But uh, the guys, what we you can definitely see is he's got a really talented ground game, should be a lot better than Wyman's. And from the small glimpses of the striking, I think that he should be able to uh, win the striking as well. So that's why you're seeing that heavy action coming come in on Selecki, and I think Selecki is probably uh, the safest pick on this card. Now, I'm not saying I would bet him at minus 330 or anything, but because uh, he is a debuting fighter, and we have not seen him on that uh, that UFC octagon yet, but I, I'm really confident Selecki wins this one, and it's probably going to be by submission, and uh, hopefully it's not another ugly beatdown like last fight. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division, where we have Bryce Mitchell, who is 11-0, taking on Matt Sales, who is 8-2. The opening betting line for this one was Mitchell, the minus 185 favor to Sales at plus 160. Right now, we are seeing the line flip. Now, Sales minus 125, Mitchell plus 105. Wow. So, uh, I think this might be my first time seeing this. I remember uh, Mitchell being the favorite earlier in this week, and now he's jumped all the way up to the underdog. So, Heavy, heavy action coming in on Matt Sales in this one. And it's a bit confusing. I mean, I understand coming in a little bit. Uh, maybe I think plus 130 would be an appropriate line for Sales. But he's all the way down to minus 125. It's a really surprising line. And I say that because, I mean, if you look at Matt Sales' last fight, I mean, he struggled getting a guy like Kyle Nelson out of there. He had some bad moments where he got stuck on bottom. Uh, he gave up his back. He almost got submitted a few times. And that's just not what you want to see against a scrappy grappler like Bryce Mitchell. I mean, Bryce Mitchell fought uh, Bobby Moffitt and had a really close grappling fight with him. And it really just came down to Mitchell scrambling out of the positions at the right time and getting top position when it really mattered. Like, he could have lost round three potentially getting stuck on bottom but he, he slipped out right at the last second he escaped uh, the back take and then he got top position for the end of the round and uh ended the round uh, with his own back take so i mean he he's just really good uh defensively grappling he's hard to submit and uh, i mean he's just a really scrappy fighter he likes getting takedowns he doesn't have the best takedown defense himself uh mitchell but uh, ne neither does sales both of these guys don't really have great takedown defense and both really like working for top position so it really should be a, a a close fun fight i'm really looking forward to it i think on the feet sales is is the better fighter he's uh, light on his feet orthodox fighter he's got pretty technical boxing i mean i was impressed with the guy's striking even in his most recent loss against Shaman Marias, it, it was a good performance. They were close to, uh, first two rounds that he lost, and then he came back and won round three. So 
Sales is making big improvements, and Mitchell is as well. You can see the fight-to-fight improvements he's made over the course of his time in the Ultimate Fighter and uh, him making his way up uh, to, to the... Uh, the Nashville card a few months back and really putting on a big performance in that fight and coming up big. So it's a really close fight. And I just slightly lean uh, Mitchell because I think that he's a little bit better from top position. He's hard to hold down on the mat. And I just think that uh, Sales's takedown defense is not going to be good enough to stop Mitchell's takedowns. And I think that he's not going to have the, the defensive grappling and the scrambling ability to uh, get out of um, Mitchell's control. So I think that Mitchell will get the takedowns. He will likely hold him down, possibly see some back takes in there, maybe even a submission from Mitchell along the way. So uh, I'm, I'm going to slightly lead towards um, Mitchell in this one, but it's a really close fight. I mean, I like the plus money on Mitchell, but I'm a little bit worried about uh, Mitchell gassing out a little bit in the later rounds. Sales has really good cardio in the later rounds, and uh, Mitchell does not. He got taken down and spent a lot of time on bottom uh, versus Tyler Diamond and Bobby Moffat. But I think two fights in a row where he kind of struggled with his cardio in round three. Meanwhile, Sales, two fights in a row, has came on strong at the end of round three after losing versus Marias. And he finished Nelson in round three um, last time in, in his last fight. So if you think that the fight is looking a little bit close and you, you see Mitchell maybe winning rounds one and two and you get a little bit worried about your bets, you know, there, uh, a live bet hedge will not be the worst option in this one because uh, sales could possibly come back and make this fight uh, either steal the decision, make a, the fight a draw or something like that uh, in round three. So uh, be aware of that. Uh, be uh, you know bet this one with caution. I think it should be a really good fight. I haven't locked in a bet on it yet. I might just sit back and enjoy this one, but... As of now, the pick is going to be Mitchell to win by decision. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Jacob Kilburn, who is 8-2, taking on Billy Quarantillo, who is 12-2. The opening betting line for this one is Quarantillo, the minus 230 favorite to Kilburn, plus 170. Right now, we are seeing Quarantillo, minus 335 to Kilburn, plus 275. So heavy action coming in on uh, Billy Q. That's what I'm going to go with calling him instead of the whole Quarantillo. Um, so, you know, these guys both fall in the contender series. And Quarantillo had a really impressive performance getting a, a finished victory. Uh, didn't look incredible in that fight. He did get taken down. He got stuck on bottom. He lost round one pretty decisively um, versus Camilla Kirk in that one. And then came back in round two, started outstriking him, st- uh, stuffing takedowns, and really put a beat down on him for like three or four minutes before the ref stopped it. But, I mean, I was kind of unimpressed with his power. He had, uh, he had him hurt for, uh, he had Kirk hurt really bad in round two, and he Kirk was gassed out. He couldn't get takedowns, and Quarantillo was landing punches at will, and he just couldn't finish him. It took him a really long time, and even at the end of the fight, it's not like he knocked him out cold. It was a, a referee stoppage. So, and I'm seeing that in a lot of his fights. He's got some late finishes. He's got some uh, st- uh, stoppages by strikes and some stoppages in between rounds. So, I would like to see a little bit more uh, knockout power from him because he's facing a really aggressive guy in Kilburn. Kilburn usually comes out really aggressive. Aggressive, uh, and in his fight on the contender series was actually against Bobby Moffitt, who we were, we were just talking about a little bit ago, and he got taken down, he got passed, he got mounted, he got uh, stuck on his back for really uh, like I think four minutes or something like that in that fight, and then in round two he fought with a big ego, he got hit with a head kick. 
And then he like kind of gave him this look like, oh, you want to head kick me? I'll head kick you back. And literally the second he threw a spinning head kick, he, he got taken down and, and tapped out right away. I mean, he, he kind of fights with a bit of an ego. Like if, if you punch him, he's going to try to swing back and punch you back. So I think that that's, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a bad strategy in this fight, definitely, because I think Quarantillo is the better striker. But I mean, Kilburn's got knockout power, man. He you've I've seen a couple videos of him just knocking dudes dead. I mean, he knocked one dude out with a, an overhand right. And he knocked his last opponent out with a lead left hook. I mean, so he's knocked people out with both hands. And I'm talking like knocked out stiff. So there's no doubt that Kilburn has the power advantage in, in this fight. And I honestly think that we could see a, an early knockout from either guy in this one. I mean, they're both making their UFC debuts. They both are a bit unexperienced. And I think that they could just come out swinging in this one and uh, just be that style matchup and, and just uh, maybe banging out and one of these guys will fall. So if, uh, if someone's getting the, the first round finish i think it'll be kilburn but if someone's getting a second or third round finish i definitely think it'll be quarantillo so i think uh quarantillo is uh, i mean i don't think either of these guys are gonna uh, look to take this fight to the floor both of them kind of struggle with their takedown defense and their defensive grappling so i think we'll see him banging out on the feet and i just think that quarantillo has the better output the more diverse offense and a little bit better defense than kilburn as well so i think that quarantillo avoids that power knockout uh, punch of kilburn and uh quarantillo eventually gets the finish but where the line is at now, I think that it's a, a, a little too steep for Quarantillo at this point. I think even uh, maybe a bet on, on on Kilburn by knockout is actually a pretty good bet, plus 750. Um, I think that's the... the most common way he wins this fight so um, the pick is going to be Quarantillo to get it done by let's go with uh, a third round stoppage. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Tiago Alves, who is 23 and 14, taking on Tim Means, who is 28, 11 and 1. The opening betting line in this one was Means, the favorite at minus 160, with Alves coming back at plus 130. Right now, we are seeing Means minus 265 to Alves at plus 225. So. The action coming in on means in this one, I understand the action. I am, I'm honestly surprised this isn't more of a favorite situation. We got two uh, grizzled veterans in this one. Um, Alves is uh, more of a kickboxer, uh, likes throwing leg kicks, and he's, his offense is just so, so predictable at this point. I think that's honestly his uh, his biggest detriment. And then uh Means is more of a boxer. I mean, all he really does is box, throws the occasional uh, kick or something like that. And he does have a good ground game. But at this point in his career, he seems mostly content to box. And I think that that's definitely what he's going to do in this fight. He, I mean, he's going to have a, a five-inch reach advantage and a height advantage over Alves. He's going to have that southpaw versus orthodox matchup going on. And Means' boxing is really good, man. Uh, he's got some of the most technical boxing in the UFC. Although, he did get knocked out in his last fight. He was winning that fight pretty decisively. Uh, he was landing punches at will on Nico Price, and then he just got uh, knocked out cold by that right hand by um, by Price in that one. It was a nasty, nasty knockout, too. He fell on his ankle, broke his own ankle with his body weight coming on top of it. Just nasty knockout. And he's taking a lot of time off, and he's coming back in this fight. And it's a pretty good matchup for him, too, because Alves isn't totally shot. I mean, he's looked okay versus Steropoli, okay versus Konchenko, maybe even won that Konchenko fight. But as we've seen uh, recently, Konchenko is not what we all thought he was. And uh, Steropoli also lost pretty recently, too. So uh, the, both of those losses look 
a little bit worse now that those the guys who beat him are coming off of losses. So I just don't think Alves is going to be quick enough. I don't think his offense has enough to offer to confuse Means, and I think the Means will probably just uh, outstrike, outbox uh, Alves in this one, and possibly even land that knockout. And it could get ugly because. Uh, Alves was getting busted up a little bit versus Steropoli, so I honestly think the Means should probably do some pretty nasty damage. So the pick in this one is going to be uh, Means to get a knockout. I'm going to go with first round. Uh, I think he, he gets him out of there quick with that straight left hand. Moving on to the main card, the first fight on the main card in the Bantamweight division, we have Rob Font, who is 16-4, taking on Ricky Simone, who is 15-2. The opening betting line for this one was... Font, the minus 160 favorite to Simone, plus 130. Right now, we are seeing Font minus 140, Simone plus 120. So two-way action coming in on this fight. Really close fight. I'm really looking forward to this one. It should be a lot of fun. And I honestly am a bit surprised that Simone is the underdog in this one because Font has notoriously not really had great takedown defense. If we look back, uh, he got taken down by Douglas Silva DeAndraj, not a wrestler. He got taken down by Asunsao, who's not a traditional wrestler, but does have really good takedowns. So I just... I mean, that that fight was last July versus a Sunsau, but if you watch the way that Font got double-legged in that fight, I just don't see any way how he could beat Simone with that same type of takedown defense. Um, maybe he's worked on it a lot since then. I mean, it's entirely possible. The guy is improving a lot. He picked up a great win over Sergio Pettis last fight. Supposed to fight John Lineker pretty recently, but the fight got canceled on like a day or two before. So uh, we haven't seen Font in action too much. Maybe he uh, has been working on his takedown defense this entire time, and he is uh, going to be have the takedown defense to scramble out of Simone's takedowns. I just don't see it. I, I mean, at, at range, Font's going to be the better striker, no doubt. The dude's got a great jab. He's got good boxing fundamentals, good defense, uh, and then. He, he's working on his deep, uh, offensive grappling game as well. He was showing that a little bit versus um, Sergio Pettis, but he's not going to be doing that versus Simone. Simone's got incredible scrambles, great takedown defense. He's hard to hold down. You saw that in the Mer uh, Davalashvili fight. And he can hit takedowns on bigger opponents. I mean, Montel Jackson, Simone dominated him. Uh, Simone, uh, you know, out-pressured, out-boxed uh, Hani Yaya. And Simone did get caught with that overhand right knocked out versus uh, Uriah Faber last fight, which is definitely not going to – definitely a bad loss. I mean, uh, you don't want that loss on your record with Uriah Faber coming back from retirement to knock you out. And on the feet, Font probably has the power to knock uh, Simone Simone out if this fight stays on the feet for long periods of time. So Simone's going to need takedowns to win, but I think he does get them. I think he's going to be pressuring uh, Fon. He's going to be getting those takedowns. Fon will probably get up, and Simone's going to drag him back down. Simone doesn't really have great top control, but he's going to be getting a lot of takedowns. I mean, this guy's had double-digit takedowns in fights before, I'm sure. So he's going to be coming in here to get multiple takedowns to keep dragging font back down to the mat and make it a really grueling uh, grinding type of fight in the clinch and in the takedown so uh, i think simone wins this one and uh, i have not locked in a bet on him yet but if he stays at this plus money uh closer to fight day i will definitely lock in some action on uh simone in this one so the pick is going to be simone to win by uh decision the next fight takes place in the bantamweight division we have cody stammen who is 18 and 2 taking on song yadong who is 15 and 4 the opening betting line for this one was 
Yadong, the favorite at minus 145, two Stamen at plus 115. Right now, we are seeing Yadong minus 200, two Stamen plus 170. So more action coming in on Song Yadong. And I understand why, man. This guy is like a blue chip prospect at this point. Seriously, one of the best prospects in the UFC. And I mean, I don't even know if you can call him that anymore, prospect, because he's been in the UFC for a few years now. He's picked up some decent wins. I mean, I think he's I think he's like 4-0 and or something like that. And I just, I mean, his last performance was his by far his most impressive. I mean, he completely starched Alejandro Perez, knocked him out cold uh, on on pay per view too. I mean, I don't think it was on the 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 main the main card portion of the pay per view, but nonetheless, he made his name that night. And I'm honestly surprised he's not more of a favorite in this one because he's training out of a uh, team alpha male, a, a great camp, a lot of training, good training partners, a lot of guys that are uh, good matchups or good similar styles to Stammen. Uh, he's probably been working on his takedown defense like crazy uh, on his get-up game, and he's going to have to do that because I think that's his only chance at winning this fight. If Stammen doesn't hit takedowns, he will likely get outstruck and possibly even knocked out because uh, Yudong has got super fast striking. His boxing is crisp, accurate. Counter striking is on point, and he does have the ability to stuff takedowns. He has good offensive grappling himself. I mean, Felipe Arantes, uh, Yadong dominated him on the, on the mat in that one. I think Arantes might be a black belt. And then eventually, uh, Yudong was able to land a, a, an elbow in the clinch and just knock out Arantes as well. So, I mean, he, he's really good. I mean, the guy throws with power. He's fast. He's accurate. I mean, I, I can, can't say enough about Song Yudong. And the only really negative thing about him, I would say, is that his offense is a bit limited. Like, you don't see him uh, throwing a lot of spinning stuff or trying to throw combinations too much. I mean, he he has a few tools that he likes, and he sticks with them. He, he trusts them. And, I mean, you what can you say about it? I mean, it's working really great. And I, it, he is 4-0 in the UFC so far. I did confirm that. And, you know, Stamina, I think he's been looking a little bit... Um, maybe uh declining a little bit he that last fight versus uh alejandro perez the same same guy who yadong just fought i mean yadong starched him knocked him out cold stamina had a bit of a close fight with him i mean stamina struggled t- taking him down perez does have a, a good wrestling background and great takedown defense but stamina went 0 for 8 on takedowns that fight really struggled taking him down but luckily he was able to just outstrike him uh on the feet in that one but stamina striking it is pretty basic i mean he's got that classic wrestle uh wrestle boxer kind of style um i mean he doesn't fight but going backwards very well that's his biggest problem so if yudong pressures him uh and and is looking for counter strikes i think he will likely uh outstrike stamina and possibly lead to that knockout so stamina's gonna be looking for takedowns i don't think he gets him i mean he will probably get Yudong down, but I think Yudong will have will get his way back to his feet because Stamina's top control is not very good. He was able to take uh, Aljamain Sterling down a few times, a great wrestler, but was never able to to control him. But you know, Yudong's get ups in his uh, bottom game is nowhere near as good as Sterling. So if Stamina does get Yudong flat on his back, gets you know top position, it, it'll get interesting. I mean, he could win the fight that way. So. If Stamman is able to get takedowns and get top position, he probably will win a decision. I don't see it happening, though. I see Yadong stuffing takedowns, getting up off of his back if he gets taken down, and outstriking Stamman. I don't think he'll win this one by knockout. I think Yadong wins this one by decision. The next fight takes place in the women's bantamweight division. We have Aspen Ladd, who is 8-1, taking on Yana Kunitskaya, who is 12-4. The opening betting line for this one was Ladd, the fight favorite at 
minus 165 to Kuniskaya plus 135. Right now we are seeing Lad minus 150, Kuniskaya plus 130. So interesting, interesting. You know, Aspen Lad. If this fight was six months ago, we would have seen Aspen Lad minus 300, minus 400. I mean, she was a, she was just minus 150 over Jermaine Durandame. And Jermaine floored her in 15 seconds with the right hand, one of the quickest knockouts in women's MMA history. So, I mean, Aspen Ladd, I think, has been notoriously overrated in the betting lines. Seriously, like, one of the most overrated fighters in the UFC right now. I mean, the fact that she's on another main card is kind of hilarious. And, you know, Kuniskaya is not really good either. Um... I mean, this fight's going to be ugly, ugly, ugly. I mean, anybody who's betting this fight, I think you should take a long, hard look in the mirror before you lock in that bet on this one. Because, I mean, I've thought about betting Ladd in this one. I think that she's definitely the value side. But, man, like I said, do I really want to put my money on this this fight? It's going to be painful to watch. It's going to be sloppy. I mean, both of these women don't have great technique. On the feet, they're both super sloppy. Kuniskaya is slightly better. I mean, she, ha- she has kicks. She has a decent clip game she has a, a little bit of kickboxing to her but lad just kind of walks forward and wings punches she really has no defense really um inaccurate striking i mean she was throwing out lazy jabs versus jermaine durandame and acting like jermaine wasn't an expert kickboxer and it took jermaine durandame 10 seconds to time her jab land an overhand right and knock her out i mean it's just the most basic striking you can ever imagine so maybe lad has made started making some improvements but with how soon she's coming back from this one i don't i don't think she's making improvements i mean that knockout was like four or five months ago she's probably going to come in here the same fighter as she did versus jermaine but i still think that's good enough to beat kuniskaya because lad is good from top position when she can hit takedowns her wrestling is not good but when she can hit takedowns she is good from top position i mean she kept sajara eubanks on her back pretty much 10 8 her in round two of that fight and i was threatening with submissions taking her back mounting her so she's got a good top game and i think that she probably will take kuniskaya down and probably will get top position on her to win a decision but I mean, Kuniskaya, I think that she will win this fight at range, and I think that Kuniskaya will win it in the clinch. I mean, Ladd struggled in the clinch a lot versus um, Lena Landsberg and uh, maybe even lost round one versus Landsberg, just getting a uh, knee in the stomach, uh, just trying to get taken down. Eventually, Ladd got the takedown in round two and really went to work with her ground and pound. So um, I think that this is, like a, I'll reiterate it one more time, a sloppy fight. It's going to be risky. There's not much more else to say about this one, although uh, just, you know, bet very, very carefully in this one. I'm going to pick Ladd to win by decision. Not a super confident pick, uh, but uh, I think the value side is slightly on Ladd in this one. Moving on to the next fight in the heavyweight division, we have Stefan Struve, who is 29-11, and 11, taking on Ben Rothwell, who is 36-12. and 12. The opening betting line for this one was Rothwell, the minus 145 favorite to Struve, plus 115. Right now, we are seeing Rothwell minus 140, Struve plus 120. So, two-way action in this fight, and man, another another pretty wacky matchup, honestly. I mean, we got two super old heavyweights. They're both declining i'd say they're already declined i don't know if they can decline much more but i mean struve uh won his last fight versus uh marcus de limo uh, just a complete meme fight he got knocked down in the first 10 seconds he got stuck on his back for four minutes and 50 seconds versus de lima and then uh, he took da- in second round he took down de lima with some sloppy wizard throw 
gets him on his back, passes him, mounts him, and arm triangles him. I mean, it was a crazy comeback for sure, but I mean, it's just how bad Delima is as an opponent. Meanwhile, Rothwell's last fight was also pretty ugly, man. The dude ate 150 punches to the mouth uh, versus Andrzej Arlovski. I mean, he made Arlovski look like uh, Lomachenko out there. So uh, bad performance from Rothwell. He got completely outboxed, got, took a lot of damage in that fight, and just did not look good. But the fight before that versus Ivanov was actually a pretty good performance. I mean, Ivanov is a legitimate heavyweight. He is good at winning decisions, and I think Rothwell actually won that decision from him. The judges disagreed and gave it to, uh, to Ivanov, which was pretty highly regarded as a bad decision. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Those happen in our sport. But I still think Rothwell is just a much fresher fighter. Uh, at range, we have not seen Stefan Struve look good in a while, uh, multiple years, honestly. I mean, he's super tall, lanky, doesn't know how to use his reach, doesn't have good defense doesn't know how to throw a jab and he, like i said he got dropped in the first five seconds versus delima by a glancing punch um so i think that if rothwell the rothwell who fought ivanov shows up he's definitely gonna win this one i mean even the rothwell who showed up and got his ass whooped by arlovsky might beat struve because rothwell is not easy to take down he's got a good front choke that's that's a really good weapon for deterring takedowns and i mean i really don't see struve like shooting on him for sure i mean he's not gonna Maybe he'll uh, get like a trip takedown from the clinch or something like that. That would be pretty bad. But unless Struve gets top position on the ground in this one, I don't see him winning. The, he could get that trip takedown I was just talking about. Um, Struve does do some decent work from the clinch, and that's kind of how he got Delima down. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that Rothwell uh, you know, is able to avoid getting stuck on his back, is able to uh, avoid any takedown attempts, and he's probably just going to butcher Struve at range, possibly even getting the finish in this one. Originally, I liked the, the fight goes the distance at plus money in this one, but I mean you're trusting Stefan Struve's chin, and that's just that's just a hard thing to trust at this point. So honestly, I think the best bet in this one is Rothwell money line minus one forty. That's pretty cash, honestly. I think he wins this fight like seven times out of ten. I'd cap him more around like minus two twenty, minus two fifty. So uh, I'd say Rothwell's a pretty good bet, and I'm gonna lock in some action on him uh, any day now. So the pick for that one is going to be Rothwell by decision. The next fight is the co-main event of the evening. We have Cynthia Calvillo, who is 8-1, taking on Marina Rodriguez, who is 12-0-1. The opening betting line for this one was Calvillo, the minus 140 favorite, to Rodriguez, plus 110. Right now, we are seeing Rodriguez, the favorite, at minus 125 to Calvillo, plus 105. So a slight line flip in this one. And interesting fight man i mean i i agree with the action flipping the line on rodriguez in this one i think rodriguez is the one who deserves to be the favorite and that's because i think calvillo needs to get this fight to the floor to win i mean her takedowns aren't really very good she struggled taking casey kenny down a little bit although she didn't pursue takedowns that hard in that fight but i just think that calvillo um you know some beat some lower level grapplers and lower level fighters early on in her ufc career and then started struggling once she started fighting the a little bit better fighters and i think that rodriguez might be uh, one of the best opponents she's fought yet besides carlos barza of course but I mean, Rodriguez is making huge improvements, and I mean, she, her first UFC fight was a draw versus uh, Random Marcos, but I mean, even since then, she's made big improvements, and especially in her takedown defense, man. I mean, she it was Marco that fight was uh, just about a year ago versus Marcos. She got taken down and stuck on her back, lost round one pretty decisively in that one, and 
all of a sudden versus Tisha Torres, she's stuffing takedowns. She's showing great takedown defense. She's using her clinch to stuff takedowns. I mean, Rodriguez is getting a lot better. And on the feet, she's got great Muay Thai skills. I mean, she does good uh, uh, work in the clinch. She comes from that uh, that Muay Thai background. You can see it in her stance. Um, she, she throws good straight punches. She's got good kicks at range, a good front kick. And uh, I'm really impressed with Rodriguez in general. And if you can tell by the way I'm talking about her, I mean, I think she's winning this fight. I do. I think at range, Rodriguez is going to butcher Calvillo. And on the same thing, the clinch. The clinch is going to be the worst. I think Rodriguez has a good chance at cutting Calvillo with some elbows in the clinch, landing some hard knees to the body, sucking that gas tank out. And, I mean, people don't realize how effective the clinch is. And when you can get a good clinch on someone and land a couple good knees to the body, that could be the fight right there. You could take their gas tank out and nothing could be the same. And, I mean, she really did that versus Tisha Torres. She Torres would shoot Rodriguez would stuff it, and then she would land hard strikes in the clinch to make her pay for it. And she dominated Torres in that fight. So she really showed how good she is last fight versus Torres. And I think that um, Casey, or uh, I think that Calvillo has been a bit overrated throughout her career. Her striking isn't very good. It's it's kind of choppy, um, and she's good in top position she's got some good ground and pound good submission skills but i'm just not impressed enough with her wrestling to think that she's gonna take rodriguez down here so i think rodriguez keeps the fight at range outstrikes her or outstrikes calvillo while it's there stuff the takedowns go, does good work in the clinch if she gets taken down i think that she will pop back up to her feet but the only uh, instance I see Calvillo winning this fight is getting Rodriguez flat on her back, flattening her shoulders out, and uh, maybe uh, passing Mountain, submitting her, or something like that. But I don't see it happening. I honestly think that there's like a 30% chance that Calvillo wins this fight. So I'd, I'd cap uh, Rodriguez as uh, more of a two, minus 200 or so favorite. And I think, uh, I mean, name recognition aside, that's what I think that's what this is. I mean, I think Calvillo picked up a couple good wins. Her, she, her name is kind of known at this point in the MMA community. She trains out of a bigger camp. Rodriguez is kind of a lesser known Brazilian woman. Um, not not as much uh, popularity in the sport. And I think that that's why, that's why Calvillo is being overrated. I honestly cap Rodriguez minus uh, 200 in this one. So I'm, I'm picking Rodriguez to win this one by decision. And we could even see a, a late stoppage from like a cut or something in this one. So, uh, the pick is uh, Rodriguez, and I'm pretty confident in her. We'll probably end up on her money line. And in the final fight of the card, in the main event of the evening, we have Alistair, or in the in the heavyweight division, we have Alistair Overeem, who is 45 and 17, taking on Jairzino Rosenstruik, who is 9 and 0. The opening betting line for this one is. Alistair Overeem was the favorite at minus 135 to Rosenstruik, the slight plus 105 underdog. Right now, we are seeing Overeem minus 115, Rosenstruik minus 105. So, two-way action coming in all over this fight. This is a, a really interesting fight. Uh, it's a short-notice fight because... Um, Alistair Overeem was supposed to fight Walt Harris in this card, but uh, Rosenstruik is stepping in for Harris. So... Uh, Rosenstruck was taking the fight on short notice, but I mean, he was just fighting Andre Arlovsky not too long ago. But I mean, Rosenstruck, man, what a puzzling character this guy is. I mean, who does anybody know how good this guy is? Because I mean, I really don't think you can be confident if you know that he's good. I mean, we've seen him win three fights in the UFC in about like six or seven minutes time total. And we've seen him get taken down, stuck on his back, show awful jujitsu skills. And then we've seen him get like three quick knockouts over people as well so i mean who really knows what to think of the guy i mean it seems like he's got some pretty good power in his hands to start but i mean against against 
super low level competition in Albini and Crowder. And then I I mean that that knockout against Arlovsky I guess was impressive because Arlovsky hadn't been knocked out in like ten heavyweight fights before that. But it was just a weird a weird shot. I mean it was a really a beautiful punch by Rosenstruck that left hook. But I mean just a really weird fight. Guys get knocked out in the first thirty seconds minute like that all the time, and it's it's just I mean I don't think guys are truly in the fight yet, and that that might have been happening to Arlovsky. So uh, I mean if we're talking skill for skill Alistair Overeem is just miles miles ahead of of Rosenstruck and I'm not even in the striking even though Rosenstruck's a former kickboxer he's been kickboxing more recently than than Overeem is Overeem's technique his everything about him is better his striking is better adapted for MMA he's got the better cardio he's got the better clinch game for sure I think that's going to be a huge huge factor in this fight is Alistair Overeem's clinch game because he's really used that clinch in his past two fights um, whenever Polovich would swing big heavy bombs at him he'd clinch him up land some knees separate and then he eventually landed that takedown and smashed uh, Polovich from top position and getting the knockout in that one and in the fight versus um Alexi Olenek, he, he used the clinch, smashed Olenek with knees, and got the first-round finish in that one. So, you know, don't forget, Alistair Overeem's coming off of two first-round knockouts. You could easily forget about it because he had a bit of a rough stretch, getting knocked out by Nagano, then he got knocked out by Blades, both two brutal knockouts, and then he responded with two brutal knockouts himself. So, Overeem is not done yet. Don't be don't be doubting the ream yet. Uh, I think that he, I'm sure he's got some chin issues, and maybe if Rosenstruck catches him on the chin flush, he, uh, Overeem will probably go down. But I don't think Rosenstruck has the craftiness or, or the MMA experience to land that shot on Overeem. I think Overeem uh, will. Whenever Rosenstruck is looking for that big power punch, Overeem's gonna either use his kicks to keep him away, or he's gonna use him his clinch to keep him close. And I think that if Overeem looks for takedowns, like a trip takedown or something like that, versus like he did versus Polovich, he is going to wipe the the mat with Rosenstruck. I mean, Overeem is is so much better uh, in, in grappling. He's great from top position. He can land nasty elbows and and punches from top position like he did versus Polovich. And if Overeem chooses to grapple in the this fight he should look like a huge favorite out there and will likely finish Rosenstruck so I don't see this one going to the cards I don't see the Rosenstruck catching over him in this one I mean maybe Overeem comes in with a bad game plan and thinks he can uh, kickbox with Rosenstruck and gives Rosenstruck the range he needs and Rosenstruck will land that bomb touch the chin over him and knock him out could, could very well happen. I'd say the chances of that happening are more like 35 to 40 percent meanwhile I think the chances of Reem just Using using his vast experience advantage and his vast uh, you know skill advantage, technique advantage to uh, to neutralize Rosenstruck at range, either with uh, his kicks at range or with his clinch in the distance, and then he will probably hit takedowns as well. So I think Overeem just has so many ways to win this fight. He can win it by playing it super smart and pr- trying to. Uh, maybe outstrike him to a decision over five rounds just taking no risks and just kicking him at range and not letting roses straight get close he could take him down and tap him out or pound him out there or he could just beat him up in the clinch land knees in the clinch elbows and he so he over just has i think three ways to win this fight 
while Rosenstroke has one, and that's the knockout. So uh, Overeem's got the more pass to victory. I think he's still the better fighter at this point in his career, and I think that the Rosenstroke hype is is way way overrated at this point. It's kind of crazy that we're getting this good line on Overeem. So uh, I will lo- likely lock in some action on Overeem later as well. No bets for this card yet. I have been kind of playing it low key this past few weeks, just not watching much MMA and have not locked in any action in this one. But I will probably um, I'll run through the bets real quick. Um, I will end up on. Uh, Mitchell, I will end up on Simone, I will end up on Rothwell, Rodriguez, and Overeem. I hope I hope I don't bet on Aspen Lad, although minus 150 is pretty good. I think her chances are more like 70% in that one. So that'll do it for this episode. Uh, it's been a, a, a quick one. We ran through these fights pretty fast. Um, and uh, it's been the uh, first first card in a few weeks. It feels good to be back. We got a huge, huge pay-per-view coming up next weekend. I'm really looking forward to that one. And uh, that'll be the next episode. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And uh, once again, thank you for two years on the Martian MMA podcast. It's been a pleasure uh, making these podcasts for each and every one of you. I hope you all are enjoying them. And I will catch you all before UFC 245 next week. Peace. Peace.